What is a girl to do with all the relationships in her life? The only way to know the right way to approach all these different relationships is by knowing God's Word. If you aren't actively reading the Bible, then you're not going to know how to properly love others in difficult situations. Welcome to Unshaken. I'm your host, Julie Van Warmer, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Today is episode 193, and it is part one of a two-part series. We are doing a double episode called What's a Girl to Do? We will talk with three women, all under 30, about growing up. These women are all in different stages of life at this point. One is a college grad married with children, probably in her late 20s. We'll find that out. One is a college student in her early 20s, and one is a high school student, high school senior, I should say, who just turned 18 last month. So our conversation will be from women who are actually in the real honest spot of life that we might call young. Or, And, and, and I think it's going to be really helpful. And I also want to say that I really appreciate these women because we are here, and I talk them into recording with me at 8 a.m. on a Saturday in between Christmas and New Year's, okay? So a couple of them, and I won't name names, have their own slippers on because they just decided this was the day to come in wearing your slippers. At least we're not wearing pajamas, okay? All right, let me introduce you to my friends. Well, one of them is not just a friend, but my actual daughter, which is fun. Rebecca Watala, Rylan Wing, and Rebecca Van Warmer, whom for this episode we will call Becca because there are just too many Rebeccas in the room. Um, actually, even Ryland's mom is Rebecca, and that must have been a really popular name. Right. And I actually, the other thing that's kind of fun, I just realized, is I think they're all spelled the same. Yeah. yeah all yeah, of okay. the Rebeccas that we're referencing are R-E-B-E-K-A-H, yeah. unlike the more common R-E-B-E-C-C-A, right? So I guess this is the way to spell it. Ladies, why don't you kick it off and tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, what do you do all day, and who do you live with? Um, Rebecca, why don't you start? Um, I live with my husband, Alex, and my four kids who are five, three, one and a half, and five months old. Um, so I probably don't need to elaborate on what I do all day after that <laughs> no. because it takes up pretty much all of my time. Yeah. Rylan, how about you? Well, I technically still live at home, but I have the opportunity to live with two of my close friends during the school year. Um, I'm a full-time college student. So it takes up a lot of my time being in mm-hmm. class, and um, I'm, I'm a commuter. So um, I'm studying early childhood education. Yeah, that's what I, yeah. that's my degree. So, And then I'm pretty active in the church, actually. I help with an on-campus Bible study um, at UT. And when I'm not doing homework, I'm usually with, like, my family or my friends or, you know, working or um, probably thrifting, actually. I'm usually <laughs> thrifting. <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. That's fun. I love it. Becca, how about you? I live with my family and keep myself busy with school, sports, and work. I'm actively doing things for our church, and I enjoy crafting like macrame, making homemade cards, and decorating my room. Nice. Okay. Okay, so I usually ask a few fun questions to kick off each episode. So tell us a good friendship story. Maybe a time when you and a friend or a sibling got into some trouble. I'd love to hear that, <laughs> um, if you're allowed to share that story. And a friend can actually be a sister or a cousin. Um, I just I just think it's a great way to start off. So, um, Rebecca, why don't you kick us off? You got anything fun happening or that has happened to you? This isn't really a 
story about a friend. That's okay. Per se, but it is about relationships. Um, when I was in junior high, I was asked out by this short, scrawny boy. Oh. Um, he asked out a lot of the girls in my friend group. Uh-oh. <laughs> he made the rounds, I guess. Um, but I had never been asked out before, personally. So I was really excited, and I said, yes. Of course. <laughs> a few days later, we then met up at one of the um, high school football games. That's where everybody would gather. Yeah. That was our first date, if oh you boy. will. Um, but when, and when he saw me, he came up and he tried to hug me. That was the first thing. And I didn't let him. I backed okay. up and I immediately broke up with him because okay. I realized <laughs> in that very moment, I did not even like him and oh I did my. not want to hug him and I didn't want to date him anymore. <laughs> the shortest relationship ever right there. Well, I mean, like how far, like a week, less than a week. Well, we didn't even see each other in between that time. So <laughs> I love it. That's funny. Um, do you still have contact with him? No. No, it's okay. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, he, he was He's ghosted you now after that, right? He's like, I'm not talking to her anymore. <laughs> Rylan, how about you? Do you have a funny story? <laughs> Sorry. It's okay. Yeah, well, I thought I'd share um, a moment, kind of with friends, but not really a friendship story. It's just something from the church. Okay. Um, I, we actually, we host these cleaning days, and... So every time I'd come to the cleaning days as a kid, I would notice that um, everyone would be wearing these like headphones or, you know, these earbuds. And I was so jealous. Like I wanted to like listen to my jams and listen to my music. And so um, I never had an iPod or never had anything like that until I was a little bit older. And yeah. so I actually went home and I stole one of Noah or Clay's pears. Which is your older brothers. Yes. Yes. They're my older brothers. And I actually just put them in my ears, and then I put the like the little plug, connector plug yeah, into my back pocket. <laughs> you clearly see that there was nothing connected. <laughs> and I would just walk around, and I would pretend that I was, you know, listening to my music. And oh my god, it was just to like feel like I was cool, like my other friends. But you know, someone actually pointed it out. They said, "Oh, like what are you listening to?" <laughs> and you know, I had to lie because I didn't have okay. anything. I'm listening to my own thoughts. That's what you're doing, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, it kept me cleaning. So yeah, that's right. Well, and how many of us have done something similar where we tried to be <laughs> right. cool? Right. I yeah. mean, seriously, we've all probably done that. So, yeah. All right, Becca, what, what do you got for us? What's your story? A funny story that me and my sisters always laugh at is when we were younger, we got these ballerina dresses that were puffy and pink. We would make up dance routines with the backyard Bible club music, and we would show them, obviously, to our brothers and sister, and parents would watch them. I think my parents would make them watch until once my brother, who is almost 16, actually got in on it. However, in one of the routines we made up, my sister had to do a handstand, and somehow I hurt her pinky. Like, maybe <laughs> broke it? I think that's what happened. And I think it was like bent it. sideways after <laughs> yes. that. And we always laugh about the story because her pinky was like purple um, and we were just doing fun dances. Yes. And I think we have video of this somewhere, which we're not going to put out because it would be embarrassing to you. But how many people have danced? Have you guys danced with your sisters when oh, you were kids? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I did ballet for a couple of years. Oh, but I so you actually danced. Like I didn't have my girls do lessons. It was too expensive. It, it was more my sister's thing, okay. though. Um, I did it. Until my parents would let me stop. Okay. And now I don't dance anymore no, because okay. I just, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Well, it is really, when you think about it, 
it's fun. I remember doing that as a kid too. And I think your sister, R- Rachel, still has a kind of bent pinky that we will always remember yeah, from your mm-hmm. ballet dancing years or whatever. <laughs> All right. Those were fun. And I think <clears throat> our, we're going to find out today as we talk through this that um, a lot of a girl's life is relationships. Um, and this particular first episode of this two-part series that we're doing is actually about a girl's relationships. <clears throat> it includes her relationships to God, her parents, her siblings, if she has siblings, friends, and we're going to talk about boys because you can't talk about relationships without talking about boys. Our next episode, part two, will be about a girl's life, like all the stuff she does every day. And before we jump in, I want to say that, of course, as I say with almost every single episode we do, we are not going to cover everything under this topic. It's really just to kind of get you thinking. And I also want to say that this episode is not just for a young lady, if you deem yourself young. It's for mothers or grandmothers. It's for, you know, aunts, you know, good family friends, because there's a lot of good content we're going to talk about today as we go through that I think will be really helpful And I think it's good to think about because sometimes I know you might have someone in your life who isn't your actual daughter, but you have to give them wisdom. So um, this is good today, and I'm really excited that we get to jump into this. So we're going to start off by jumping in, talking about our relationship with God. One of the big questions I think that we have to start with is, how can a girl have assurance of salvation? Is going to church enough? Hmm. I've gone to church my entire life. Um, I grew up in a Christian family, and... Yeah, this was something that I I struggled with up until a couple of years ago, and I'm, mm. I'm 28 years old, by the way. Um, I think it's important for girls to understand that this is a topic that every Christian must deal with personally. Mm. I would say if you haven't thought about this before, then you need to. Mm. For those of you who are currently struggling with this, and because I, I know you're out there, my yeah. advice to you is to pray, trust the Holy Spirit to give you assurance. Um, and share the struggle with someone you know will give you godly advice. Ask them whether they have seen any fruit in your life. Mm, that's um, good. In Matthew 15, Jesus tells his disciples that no one can bear the fruit of the Spirit apart from him. If you don't already know the fruits of the Spirit, then go memorize Galatians 5.22. Mm, um, yeah. Mothers, make sure that you are encouraging your daughters and telling them about the fruit you see them producing because that is really, really helpful um, yeah. For anybody, really. Yeah. Yes. Remember, lastly, that you can't be assured of yourself. You can only have salvation through Christ. That's mm. the most important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I've struggled with um, assurance, I always have to go back to the truth. Um, so for me, it's helpful to find verses memorized that remind me of God's truth. John three thirty six says, Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. We must believe in Jesus, and a good sign is obedience. Do you obey God in the Bible? Are you convicted of sin, and do you seek forgiveness from others? Another one is Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, that that no one may boast. And also, obedience is nothing with our faith in God. It is just work, and works are dead. You need the Holy Spirit to make those works actually obedient, like I just mentioned. So we must evaluate the heart, and I think Rebecca's suggestion to talk to someone. I've spoken to my mom or my parents before about this, and it's always helpful. Mm, Good. 
And I think, you know, I love your point, um, Rebecca, that a lot of people struggle with this. It's not just a young lady thing, right? There's adults who struggle, and I think it's good to talk to people. And I love this piece of telling what you see in someone's life. We should be doing that. We should be telling other people the fruit we see, right? I think that's good. Okay, how can a girl grow in her relationship with the Lord? What should she actually do? Um, The first thing is they could pray that God would give her desire to grow faithfully in the Lord. Also, she could read her Bible and set daily times every day um, to read through it, even through trials and busy days. Also, to treasure God's Word, you can memorize Scripture and diligently be grateful and thankful with your walk. Mm. I want to second what Becca said about being grateful to God. Recently, the topic of gratitude to God has been standing out to me a lot. Um, This is really the basis of our relationship with Jesus, isn't it? Are you grateful to Jesus? Could you even be a Christian if you weren't grateful to to Christ for what he's done for you? What has he done for Mm, you? Good questions. These are great questions to ask yourself on a regular basis, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. I also encourage you to look up thanking God in Scripture. If you do this in the Bible app, which is what I did earlier, um, and just look at the New Testament, you're actually not surprisingly, you're going to see a lot of Paul. Mm. Um, it's honestly amazing how much time Paul spent, seems mm-hmm. to spend thanking God and what kinds of things he thanks God for. Um, it's it's pretty helpful. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely something to look into. And he wrote a lot of the New Testament, a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not surprised he had a lot to say. Yeah. Um, I would just say as a girl growing up, um, I really struggled to read the Bible every day. Mm. And I remember that being a strong calling for my parents, at least, that I would read the Bible every day. Um, but that's something very important for a girl to um, attain in growing in the relationship with the mm-hmm. Lord. Um, um, she can search for new ways to do that, whether that is like making a plan, um, maybe having someone keep her accountable. I remember having um, my youth leader keep me accountable and actually a few other girls from the college group, Hmm. even when I was in high school. So that was actually very helpful. Um, But I can remember that even when I wasn't reading the Bible every day, the Holy Spirit would convict me through that. And so either way, you know, I'm not telling you girls to (laughs) not read the Bible to get convicted, but but when you are not, you know, the Holy Spirit will remind you of it in little ways. And Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's it's a little bit... um, it's it's like um, whenever I've been on a diet, yeah. it reminds me of that. Like, if you haven't been reading your Bible, it's okay. Just start today. Right. Like, you don't have to like wait for a certain point or think I have to. You know, I have to start on January first to read through the Bible. No, no, no. If you if you're today and it's February seventh or something, then just start reading today. And it doesn't have to be oodles of reading. Right. You can read yeah. a chapter or even a couple verses. Right. Just start. That's good. What are some common sins a girl might struggle with in regard to her relationship with the Lord? A few common sins are comparison, jealousy, discontentment, and lack of joy. Often these are when we are finding our securities in ourselves rather in God. If we are comparing ourselves to others, we will always find something, someone better or someone worse. The same is true for jealousy. It is looking at people around us and what they have or don't have and comparing what we have or we don't have. And discontentment is not liking where you are at and honestly not trusting that God is in charge. So really these are all sins related to securities and finding our securities in ourselves 
in our circumstances, we must find our securities in Christ. A lot of the issues I see as a youth leader, I've been a youth leader for about a year and a half now, um, can be boiled down to pride. Um, Seeing yourself as more special, more understanding, more skilled, more deserving than others, and God as Mm. well, seeing yourself as better than God, which sounds sounds bad. Nobody would ever say that. But we need to be honest about yeah. these kinds of things. Yeah. That oftentimes, that is actually what we, how we feel. Um, we often think we know better than God, and we say we do this a lot of the time by saying in our hearts that we would have done things differently. Hmm. Whenever we're discontent with what God has given us in our life, sometimes we just completely leave God out of the picture and see ourselves as the one in control. I know that's something that I do quite frequently that I have to fight. Um, this is one reason why feeling shame or having low self-esteem is still pride. Uh, we mm. often think of pride as something right. where somebody feels highly of themselves. Um, that's not always the case. The opposite is true of pride as well. Mm-hmm. So this is important to recognize. Whether you are focused on yourself because you think you're better than others or because you think you're worse than others, it's still a lack of humility before our sovereign almighty God. Mm. If you lack humility before God, it's going to cause you a lot of problems, especially the ones Becca mentioned. Um, and uh, side note, a lack of gratitude toward God yeah. goes hand in hand with this. Hmm. That comes up. There's a theme. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Um, pride is easily one of the biggest sins that the Holy Spirit has convicted me of. Um, and I remember that in youth group, like being a good, um, you know, having your youth leaders like say, hey, Rylan, like maybe... Um, we can just take a step back and focus mm. and look at, you know, our own sin first. And a lot of times I would, you know, put another person's sin into my prayer request mm. and be like, you well, know, this is why I'm struggling. It's because of them. And yeah, if my if my family was kinder to me, right? I wouldn't respond so angry, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And even now, you know, I look and I think that I'm better than that, but I'm not. You know, mm. I'm still struggling with that sin, but. Um, I actually wanted to bring one that is a little bit more uncomfortable to talk about, but just that it's it's good to bring up on the topic of girls and their relationship with the Lord. Um, it would actually be a lust, and it's a sin that is so, you know, taboo for us to talk about, um, but, you know, it's easy to push it away. Um, I grew up thinking that only men could struggle with lustful thoughts, but this is actually not true. It can even be as simple as desiring the attention of a certain boy because you find them attractive. Um, and as a woman, as women of God, we are called to obey his commandments. Thou shall not commit adultery is actually applying to this. And, Mm. um, just because we're not married does not mean that we can't, um, commit adultery. Um, we're called to fight the flesh as well. And so lust is a flesh, um, a fleshly sin. And I mean, all of them are, but this is one that women do struggle with. Mm. Um, and it's increasingly harder to fight. If you are falling from, you know, your Bible reading, right. prayer, worship, um, being in company with the Lord. And so, yeah, I thought I'd bring that one up. Well, I think that's a really good one, Ryland. You're right on lust. It's yeah. not just a, a man, a male sin. Right. Um, I think it's easy. I think it looks different in women. Right. I would say that. It's so easy to watch a chick flick, read a romance novel, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. one that has the, 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 the title Christian on it, <laughs> and begin to lust or to think about something that you know, falls into that area. I would mm-hmm. say a Christian, a woman's lust does is different than men's, but it's still sin. Mm-hmm. It really is. 
it's really actually idolization, right? It's putting self above God. Right. And that's a huge sin. That's where pride falls in. I mean, all of these sins kind of fall into that jealousy that Becca mentioned earlier. They all fall into putting ourselves above God, which mm-hmm. is really what you said, Rebecca. All right, let's jump into another part of relationships that's really important, and that's family relationships. So let's start with the big one. Let's talk about parents first, because it's kind of like the way God designed everything. So let's start there. What does the Bible say about a girl's relationship with her parents? Um, In Exodus 20, 12, it says, Honor your father and your mother, so that you may live long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. So the Lord commands us to obey our parents and authorities in all of our lives. Mm. Yeah, that's relatively basic, but so really profound, Mm -hmm. that verse. So what if a girl thinks her parents are distant? Um, Because I actually know that there are girls that feel this, and they want to have a better relationship with their parents, but they don't have one. What should they do? As a mom, this one is actually pretty simple to me. I know it's simpler when you're on the other side of it. Yeah. Yeah. But talk to them. Ask Duh. them questions. <laughs> right. Just seek to spend time with them. I think a lot of the time the issue is that um, it, it starts with just not really knowing the other person. Yeah. So if you really reach out and try to try to build a relationship there. Yeah. That's I mean, that's where it starts. That well, that's what we're talking about, growing the relationship. Yeah. But it it starts on knowing a person, being interested in Mm -hmm. someone, having conversations with them that will lead to a relationship. Um, If you find this difficult, do not give up, Mm -hmm. especially with your parents, especially girls and your moms, because I know those relationships can be hard. Keep at it. God will bless your persistence Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've actually found that moving out of the house for a while has grown my relationship with my parents. I don't know if Julie, you've felt that with, you know, mm-hmm. your daughter, Rachel or Jacob or, um, but yeah, while, while I was still living at home and growing up being at home, I had just noticed like me and my mom would butt heads all the time. And mm-hmm. there's just this level of me being the oldest daughter as well. That mm-hmm. was like, okay, well, Rylan, you're not, you know, I don't need a second parent. Um, <laughs> just, you know, having the siblings in the house and all, but, um, growing up, I've constantly, you know, just seen that divide, but um, moving out has actually shown me that, you know, your relationship can grow if, Mm -hmm. you know, the time that you're with each other is less and less. Mm -hmm. And the time that you're with your mom specifically will become more important to you. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I would find myself wanting to spend more time with her because, Mm. you know, I'm never with her anymore. Um, But yeah, not seeing her every day, being at college, living in a different house, um, there's been a change. And, yeah, I noticed the way that she loves other people now. I noticed the way that she cares for the family more. Um, same goes for my dad, mm. but I just thought I'd, you know, specify in the mom. Yeah, and I think that it's easy when you, I remember this, yeah. kind of taking my parents for granted mm-hmm. and the work they did around our house until I moved out and I was like, wow, you did dishes <laughs> every day? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is crazy. And And I would like to butt in here and make this little comment. I actually think that it's really important as a mom... On my and I, I think this is kind of what you said, but as a mom, to force your time, some time to talk with your daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mean like, okay, we're going to sit down from seven to eight tonight and talk. It's not <laughs> like that, but you know, um, we have probably m- mothers listening, but we probably have aunts, grandmas, family, friends listening. It's really important that we, as mothers and adult women, take time to listen. 
I can find myself talking at my kids and we have to listen to what's going on and ask them questions. And I would say that usually, I would say this of all my kids, they don't usually jump into the big, deep conversations right off the bat. Um, So we really have to talk about other basic, more simpler things first, and then more serious things come. And we have to be available and willing to talk and willing to listen. I would say one of that the most big, deep conversations that I've had with my girls, since we're talking about girls, has been when we're doing something else, like painting walls or, you know, cleaning something or getting ready, cutting, you know, prepping food. That's when the big conversations happen. And they kind of come out of the blue and you're like, whoa, wow, you want to talk to me now? You know, like we got to get all this food done. Yeah. But it is such an important thing. And I think there's something about um, spending time together. I also think when my kids were growing up, I would like often take one of them with me on trips out to go places. Like I would go to the grocery store and maybe I would take Becca with me. Um, she's a good little, good little assistant in the car with my list and stuff, but I would take one of my, my kids and it builds relationships and you're also getting something done. Right. I think those are really good. Okay. Um, and I'm not really sure that that's the last time I'm going to butt in just on a side note. I probably will do it a few more times. Um, what if her parents are split up or divorced and the girl is maybe going back and forth between them? Like, and they, maybe they even have different um, rules or plans in their lives, you know, that causes the daughter to be kind of flipped back and forth. What, how can she honor these different parents? Hmm. To answer this question, we need to make sure we understand what honor actually means. Mm. Um, we all know that we're supposed to obey our parents. As Becca said earlier, um, Ephesians 6.1 makes that clear. Um, that's the one that I think a lot of us memorized as mm-hmm. kids. Um, I know my, my kids know that one. Um, but this is a different command from honoring our parents, which Paul actually talks about in the next verse, Ephesians 6, 2. And it doesn't just apply to children like the first verse does. We're, we're called to honor our parents no matter how old we are, right, actually. Right. Um, by the way, if you aren't in the habit of looking up words you come across in the Bible that you don't understand, now is a good time to start. Mm, yes. The word honor in the original Hebrew language means something along the lines of to properly assign a value. Mm. So we need to understand the purpose, impact, and importance of our parents, even if they are at odds with each other or with God, Hmm. and even if they aren't around. Um, If we have this right attitude toward our parents, if we honor them, we are going to treat them with respect, have a greater humility toward them, care for them, and we're going to seek to help them along, um, among other things. Hmm. Yeah, I like that little plug you did in for looking up verses or looking up words. I think that's really powerful. And I love this definition. Um, well, I think it's, I mean, it's not really your definition. It's a definition from the Hebrew, right? About properly assigning a value, meaning that's what honor is. Like that's really, really important to think through it. It's not just speaking good, you know, like obedience is a part of that, but it's not, that's not the only piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I think also as we get older, Honoring our parents means speaking good of them with our brothers and sisters Mm -hmm. and speaking good of them in group settings. You know what I mean? That's also another simple way to honor your parents. What if her, this girl's parents or siblings are not believers? Because that happens. Girls become Christians when they are a college student or a high school student and none of their family are believers. Um, What do they do? Um, Well, we can't physically do anything in human power to change someone's heart. The only way is through prayer, that God would open their hearts to be soft. Mm, Good point to start with that. Prayer is important. 
Yes, and um, remember that you should still honor your parents and love your siblings, even if they don't know Christ. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually, I have some friends who have shared this kind of experience with me. And something that's always come up in the conversation um, is that we have the truth of God's light and we Mm. share God's light. And so we as believers live a separate, we live separate from the world and we're we're not of it. And so if you are living your life according to the will of God and you are following him, you know, non-believers will see that. Yes. Especially your family members, especially your parents. Um, And so I think that that's important to remember. Don't be discouraged if, you know, you're hearing things from your parents that um, you think maybe are trying to pull you away from the Mm -hmm. faith. Um, You also might be hearing them struggle a lot with insecurity. Um, I think when you see someone, you know, be so humble and caring and loving like right. the Lord calls us to be, Yeah, you know, that can kind of take a shot to someone's confidence in their mm. themselves. Mm-hmm. But don't be discouraged and also don't use that as a way to become prideful and bitter towards mm. them. So, Like, look at how great I am exactly here, Serving yeah. you, yeah. Yeah, and remember that the Lord does soften hearts. Yeah. So never lose faith. Yeah, that's what Becca said at the beginning. Like, right. prayer is a huge piece of this with right. our family members. And I also think that... <clears throat> Something happens when you're in a family together and you, you know, your witness, your actions actually speak really loudly. Your love for your family members, you're treating them well, you're treating your brothers and sisters well, yeah. is a huge witness. Yeah. And then being able to speak about why. You don't just want to be nice to be nice, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So um, let's, since we talked a little bit about siblings, what, what about siblings? Like, do they even matter? And um, how can a girl love and care for her siblings? My siblings have all had a huge impact on me in my life. I am the fourth child down, the last girl, and now I have two younger brothers after me. Growing up with my siblings, all I remember is wanting to be with them and wanting to do everything with them. So yes, siblings do matter, no matter where you are placed in your family. So if you're the youngest or the oldest or have no younger siblings or are the only child, I'm sure there's someone you can focus on loving and caring for. One way I have found to invest with my younger brothers is to just loving the things they love as they are boys and are different. Spending time with them is not the same as spending time with sisters. They really don't enjoy shopping for dresses or shoes, but they love music and love going to the guitar center. (laughs) Loving and knowledge them is something we must do to have a relationship. Even if you are hard to love, even if they are hard to love, we must still love them. Having this mindset and fighting sin with siblings has really changed my relationship. Hmm. It is so hard, but I have found true joy in by laughing and loving my siblings. Doing things with my siblings makes me want to spend more time with my siblings now. God has truly opened my eyes to see what a joy siblings are. So yes, siblings do matter. Hmm. That's, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Well, when I was about seven, I think I had this kind of selfish childish desire to be an only child. Mm. <laughs> and if you know my family, that's certainly not, not the happen. case. <laughs> no. Um, I have five sisters below me and then two olders above me, as, or sorry, two brothers. You can't even keep track of them, right? I know I can't. <laughs> um, and then I also have a sister-in-law. Um, but yeah, um, to keep it simple, siblings are a blessing. And I've noticed that the older I grow up, they will either be your best friend or your worst enemy. I've Mm. gone through both of those phases with multiple of my siblings, um, but they will always be a part of your life. And I think that that's something is important to remember. Um, Even if you grow up and move up, you know, across the country, Mm. you're still going to, you know, come together during either weddings or funerals or 
whatever the case might be. Mm. Um, and so you were always going to be in contact with them. Um, and the way that my family was lined up, um, each of us kind of had a best friend. And so, you know, Noah and Clay were super close. Me and Reagan are still best friends mm. today. You know, Briar and Breslin and then Rowan and Bits. You know, That's we all fun. have our little, you know, little group. But um, And yeah. her sister's name is not actually Bits. It, it's not it's Bits. Just, it's just actually clarifying Bristol. That. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just a little nickname. But um, I would easily call Reagan my best friend. And, you know, even if even if we are best friends, you still they're still your sibling. And so you're going to butt heads. And, you know, you have to actually focus on treating them kindly, mm-hmm. right. to cherish them, to... Um, you know, asking them for advice, you know, just because they're younger than you doesn't mean that they're not like, you know, wise or mm-hmm. that they have some kind of wisdom to share with you. Yeah. And so, yeah, they're going to be with you for the rest of your life. And remember that the years you spend together in your childhood home will easily be like the most time you're, you're going to be with yes. them. So yeah. really cherish that. Yeah. I don't know how many times I've reminded my kids of that simple fact, Rylan, that you brought out. Your friends will come and go. Like you'll have a, fr- a best friend and you'll be like, this is my best friend forever. But really that's not the case, right? Right, right. They'll move out. They'll move, get married, move somewhere else or, or get a job in Texas. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe we have listeners in Texas, so that wouldn't be too far away. <laughs> <clears throat> but your siblings will always be your siblings. Yeah. And one thing <clears throat> as moms we can do is to remind our kids of this and that God actually put those siblings in the family. It was not by accident, right? I also think it's helpful that when our kids are struggling with relationships, with each other that we actually as parents help them through it. Sometimes I've had my, you know, all my girls sit down. Usually it's girl issues. I don't know, my boys don't seem to have the same issues. Sorry. But um, we sit down on the bed and we talk through a problem. And I'm not saying those were really fun conversations, but they were good. Sometimes you need a mediator. And sometimes it was me helping one kid see where they were being the center in it, you know, and that is an important part. It's also good. This is just my little soapbox that I have. Okay. <laughs> Um, I also think it's really helpful to celebrate the way that God made each of your kids different. And so as a sibling, you can even celebrate that. You can yeah. celebrate how God made you different. Um, siblings can be competitive. Mm-hmm. Let that sink in. I'm sure people know that siblings are mm-hmm. competitive. Um, <laughs> and um, and parents can easily favor a child. It happens all the time. Um, so focus on how these differences are helpful in our family so let me just say that I'm really thankful that I have some kids who are good at math and technology because I am not, okay? <laughs> uh, math is not my thing. I actually do not in any way, shape, or form enjoy it. Oh, me neither. Rebecca, <laughs> do you enjoy it? I I do like math. Yes, you do. I knew that. <laughs> You're the one who probably like does those long story problems for fun. <laughs> I, I can't say I do that. Okay. But. All right. Okay. Um <laughs> But I have other kids who are different, and I think we have to celebrate how they are. You know, some that are athletic, some that are musical, and instead of thinking they all have to fit into this one little hole, and that helps them with competitiveness to not compete. If everybody's playing football and you're forced, then they're going to compete. Not that they all have to, but there's a piece of that. I also have a um, a few of my kids who are just truly fun and goofy. One of them might be in this room today. and um, But celebrating their differences is really healthy for our relationships among siblings. So that's just another time when I butt in. So anyway, um, but a good, a good thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Okay, what if, um, what if she doesn't get along with her siblings? What if she doesn't even like her siblings? Because that happens. Yeah. God gave you your siblings for a reason. And newsflash, it wasn't to give you an opportunity to sin. (laughs) On the contrary, God actually puts us through 
hardships for the purpose of growing us. Um, for um, some of us have spent some of us spent the last year um, before this year studying Hebrews, and mm-hmm. um, we really tried to um, discuss that particular mm-hmm. topic with the youth because a discipline is a difficult right. can be a difficult thing to come to terms with especially when you're going through those teen years and yeah. um, you are at odds with a lot of the things that authorities are telling you yep. you're starting to um, gain your own sense of reasoning and, and, and things like that some independence a little bit yeah right um, so this and is And the world doesn't important. help with that. <laughs> the world is saying authority is dumb, right? So yeah, that's good. Um, according to Jesus himself, the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself, period. There are no exceptions or conditions, and this includes our siblings. Hmm. So if you don't get along with a sibling, um, I'm going to challenge you right now to stop focusing on yourself hmm. and instead focus on them. Hmm. What can you do to love them? Do they need help or encouragement right now? Um, how can you get to know them better? Hmm. That's a good preparation for marriage, too. Yeah. Hmm. Just on yeah. a side note. Yeah. And going along with what you're saying, Rebecca, um, we are to love as Jesus loves. And so there are no cases where a girl might have an excuse to not love her siblings, hmm. is what I would say. I know that it is actually a very situational thing, mm-hmm. and many girls can go through different situations with their siblings. So I would like to preface, like, this is, you know, don't use this advice as, like, the way you would um, address every single sibling okay. interaction. Right. But I would say that Jesus loves every everyone, and he calls us to be like him. Mm-hmm. Um, think of ways that you can step outside of your mind, maybe when in a different like a difficult argument. Mm. Um, I've gone and taken a shower. I've mm. gone for a little bit of a walk. I've, you know, maybe completed some chores. Um, actually, it's anything that will get you out of your own mind and kind of like what Rebecca's saying, like step out of that selfishness. Yeah. Um, and then go back and discuss with your sibling if it's like a, a conversation. Mm. Um, but never address it head on, you know, be slow to anger. So, yeah. And slow to speak. And slow sometimes. to speak. Yes. yes. Yeah. For sure. What are some sins a girl might fall into um, regarding her parents or siblings? Well, as I mentioned before, I think self-focus is a huge one. We're prone to thinking of only our own wants or needs. Um, and God specifically made girls to be nurturing. Mm. Um, Yes. We should honor God and use that gift to bless those in our families um, by caring for them and encouraging them, um, even just making things more comfortable for others. Um, Don't just be nurturing yourself. Um, Mm. It's kind of like a doctor refusing to treat their patients and instead treating themselves. Mm. It just doesn't make any sense. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the the world's view is self-care. Take care of yourself first, but in reality, our God calls us to take care of those around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and He He protects us and guides us. And since I'm the parent in this room, I mean Rebecca, I know you're a parent too. Okay, but I'm the parent with adult kids and teenage kids. I can comment on something that the three of you probably can't talk about much yet, or very directly. And if you want your kids to face their own sin and to see it, which comes up because they're sinners then you as a parent need to do this. 
And if you haven't already noticed, parents are sinners. Like, and that is a part of this in being in a family is we have to remember that we're all going to be, we live so close together in a family, we're going to be sinning on each other. We need to be quick to be forgiving. And I need to be quick when I realize my sin to apologize to my kids. Mm-hmm. And I try to do that. I'm not perfect at it, but I do try when I know that I've been sinful to do that. Um, <clears throat> so I think that's an important piece of this. As a parent, we all need to work on humbleness yeah. in the process. So since most of this happens in the home, what are some good things a girl could do around her house, her home, to better her family? As a girl, there are many things you can do around the home to better your family life and probably your life too. It can be spend time with each of your siblings individually or together. As a middle school student, I would hang up sheets and take our TV and give my brothers money and make a movie theater. I would make <laughs> And they popcorn. were like elementary kids then. Yeah. I would make popcorn and get them candy, ice cream and slushies. Doing things like this, just having a movie theater at home was such a fun way to do as a girl. As a girl, as a girl you could be focused on yourself for how much you have to do or the things you want to get done in one day. She could just come home and shut the door every time. To better your home, you should ask your siblings and your parents how their day was, encourage them and laugh at them, and really be involved in their life. That's interesting. That simple piece that you said about leaving your door open is interesting Hmm. because it allows people the ability to come in, your siblings, and to participate. And I I really had not ever thought about that. Yeah. Like, that's a good piece. Yeah. I think that's also important for moms to do the same. I, I know that there are times, and there are certainly times where I need to go and shut the door and yeah. just have a few moments to like recompose myself. Yeah. Regroup. Um, but in general, I think moms need to be careful about doing that. Sorry. Just had to add that in there. Yeah. That's a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> um, per- uh, me personally, um, I am, and I know this is true of all moms really. Um, I'm extremely blessed whenever my five-year-old clears off the table mm. after a meal without asking. Yeah. Or when my three-year-old um, gets really excited and comes and helps me fold washcloths when mm. I'm folding laundry. Um, these seem like such small things. Um, and these are things that my children are supposed to do on a regular basis. But um, they are a huge help to me as a mom. Mm. And it's a huge encouragement to me when they are doing these things joyfully and willingly. Um, they encourage me um, to in training my children to do more right. of these things. Um, God knows that I need that encouragement, which is mm. why he gives me that encouragement. Mm. Um, your parents and your siblings will likewise be blessed and encouraged by you helping out with various chores and tasks and even just spending time with them. Like Becca said, um, it was also doing things like this for uh, my parents when I was younger that helped to prepare me to do this for my own right. family today. So it'll actually bless you in the long run. Um, my parents have always required us kids to do chores. We didn't even like call them chores, actually. It was just kind of like these tasks that you were, you were going to do. They were yours. They were yours. And actually, we weren't like assigned a certain chore, but it was just things that needed done every day. Um, I remember hearing that kids would get an allowance for completing, um, quote unquote, easier chores than what we would do. And I was just baffled by, you know, I would ask them, what is an allowance? Like, what do you mean allowance? <laughs> um, 
But actually, I found that that was a blessing to be expected to, you know, get that work done every day. Um, but less that, I, you know, the less time I'm in the home, the less I'm expected to do things around the house. I'm sure that that's the same for many college students. Um, I think it's actually a blessing to my mom when I clean the kitchen and blessing to my dad when I deal with the trash. Um, if you are in college and live with your parents still, I get that it can be a battle against time. Um, you kind of feel like you should still be around your family, um, maybe even help out a little bit. Um, but you also have to get to class and you also have to, you know, do this or that. But just remember that your parents and even your siblings will be grateful for an empty sink or mm. a tidy li living room. Um, so try to do something little every day. So, Yeah, that's a really good little point to try to do something little, yeah. even if it is put away the dishes or right. empty the dishwasher. I don't know how many times I'm happy when something like that just happens at my house and I'm like, oh, who did this? Right. Yay. And don't expect a thank you every time because yeah. you might yeah. not get it. So. I also think it's important to remember that your childhood and teen years are actually training ground for your future adulthood. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we think, oh, it's time to play and get, you know, go out and I know you're busy. You might play sports and be involved in all these things. But like as a mom, I would say to all of you listening, there, there, this is a chance to practice those skills you are going to need down the road in your life. Yes. So learn how to cook, right? And learn how to do the dishes because yes. in your life you will do a lot of dishes, right? Um, learn how to do your laundry, fold it, actually put it in your drawers. These are just little pieces that you will be doing someday for yourself. Um, I'm really thankful. Uh, look, well, learn how to pack your lunch, how to make everything look pretty. I'm so thankful that all of my girls particularly understand and love beauty. They all have different tastes, mm -hmm. very different tastes um, in what they think is beautiful. But they all, make their bed they all made their bedrooms beautiful when they lived at home. And as my kids have gotten out on their own, I see that their spaces are beautiful. I mean, mm -hmm. Becca still is at home, but um, she makes her little space beautiful. She adds little things and changes it up. And yeah. I can see that down the road, when she moves out and has her own house or apartment, she'll be doing the same things. And yeah. that is such a cool thing to me. Um, I also think it's important to mention that you can have, you don't have to copy Pinterest. You can have your own taste. Oh, yeah. And I don't know um, where I heard it, but there's something that says, um, that your room is a reflection of what you like. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, if, I mean, if your room is like trashed, I'm not saying that <laughs> it's because <laughs> you, you like, like trash. <laughs> but um, yeah, my mom has said the same thing. Yeah. Like she's, she'll come into our rooms and she'll be like, um, that's interesting what you put on the wall. Or like, yeah. I like those pictures that you have up. Yeah. Um, and in my room at the house that I'm living at right now, you know, I have pictures of my mom and my dad and mm. pictures of me as a kid. Yeah. And I also have sailboats everywhere. Oh, that's your thing. <laughs> but I don't even sail. That's the funny thing. Oh. I don't even sail. But I just, you know, I love the aesthetic of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, you put up, you know, what you like. And yeah. it's a good way to, you know, look and, at. And down the road, you may keep those sailboats when exactly. you own your own home or, or you know. Yeah. Or you may put them away and go, what was I doing? Oh, you know? <laughs> I know. Because <laughs> we all have moments. But I do think it's important to remember that living at home is a good practice, especially when you are an upper elementary and teen girl, to practice those skills at home. Yeah, Learn how to cook. Learn your mom's ravioli. Man, do it. Because yeah, otherwise, yeah. she'll die someday. That sounds so morbid. <laughs> but, but she will Keep and you won't have going. it, right? Yeah. All right. Okay, let's jump into another uh, relationship, friendships. So it is often thought that we need a BFF or a best friend forever, right? Um, is this true? 
Do I need to have a best friend, like one best friend, in order to have a happy youth? Um, I think best friends are fine, but you don't necessarily need a best friend designated to tell everything to or to live a happy youth. From the experiences of my best friends that I've had in middle school, I don't even talk to them anymore. Friendship changed for me so frequently, and I'm getting as I'm getting older, I have realized this more and more. So no, you do not need a best friend to live a happy youth. Also, if you have one best friend, it's much harder for you to reach out and be including one another. There are so many cliques involved with girls, especially with friendships. One goal I would challenge you to have is to make to hang out with everyone for of all ages and to not be inclusive. Look out for those that don't have any friends. They may be different or a little unique, but some of those people are the sweetest. Also, as I've gotten into high school and was able to drive, I've hung out with a, a ton of younger youth and high school girls. And even though I started the relationship by hanging out with them and talking to them, I actually have received a lot from these girls too. They were fun and encouraging, and I've learned a lot about other people. God really has blessed this goal, and the Holy Spirit was active in my walk, as I know I have gotten hurt by friendships in the past. God has helped me see, see those around me who don't need don't seem to fit in or have many friends. Mm -hmm. um, I can attest to Becca's work here. She's um, taken out younger girls, uh, specifically those who are seeking um, mentorship. Mm -hmm. um, she's taken them out to like coffee and stuff, and, and it's really impacted them, and mm -hmm. I'm really thankful for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. um, I would say, you know, in college— it's kind of easier to be friends with multiple people. Mm. Um, you know, you, I, I can get coffee with one of my girls at 10 a.m. Um, I can go to class with another girl and hang out with her in, in class, even though, you know, you should pay Not attention. Me. Right. Um, and then I can hang out with another girl at 3 p.m. And then at the end of the night, I can study with even more friends. Um, God has blessed me, especially with good godly friendships. One thing I've noticed is that um, I don't have a specific best friend, I wouldn't mm. say. I would say that that would be Regan, my sister, mm -hmm. actually. Um, but in the case of friendship, you know, the more you grow up, I think it's it's good to have a community of many mm -hmm. good friends, um, even if there's not that luxury for you. Um, however, there's nothing wrong with having a few really close friends. For instance, um, the two girls that I live with now are great, fun ladies who... I would consider myself to be closest to at this point in my life. You know, I, I tell them a lot of things. We laugh and we joke mm -hmm. together. Um, I've cried, you know, I've cried and shared um, many things with them. You know, I can see myself far down the line talking about stories with mm -hmm. them and getting together for coffee, even if we haven't, you know, talked in many years. Um, but this doesn't mean that things don't change over time. Like Becca said, I, I had best friends as a kid that, you know, you think that they're going to be your maid of honor. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, oh, and you might even I don't tell even them talk that. to them yeah. anymore. Yeah, you might, you know, promise that. Um, and I've had best friends who, you know, they're no longer part of my life. But just remember that your identity is not found in those in those friendships and that your identity is found in the Lord. Mm. But you can use your friendships to, um, you know, grow in your relationship mm -hmm. and pray with them and read the word with them and go out to coffee with them like Becca has done and, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So um, something else that happens in friendships is we have to talk about popularity. Mm -hmm. um, popularity is a common desire. 
probably of all people, honestly, we always think of it as a high school thing, but honestly, we all want to be if desired. We're right. If we're honest, yeah. we all want to be liked by others. So I think my first question is, is popularity sinful? I think popularity is two-sided. First, is it, it is easy to fall into jealousy because you you can see someone who is more popular than you, or at times it can even cross into hatred. Second, it can be easy to fall into the sin of cliques where you are popular in your mini-clique, mm. whether, whether or not you are popular in the big group, such as youth group or school. And both of these are really seated in insecurities. We need to find our security in Christ, and then popularity doesn't matter too much. A good goal is to first see those who are lonely or really, or not really connected to talk to them. Then a second goal could be to do something with them. One thing that makes it easier is to invite a girl that you know pretty well and a girl you don't know really well. It really helps the conversation a lot. Mm-hmm. Whatever we do, we must do it to the glory of God. And I would say in probably 99.999% of cases. Gosh, that's math. <laughs> I can't even think of what that looks like. <laughs> seeking, seeking popularity is not done to the glory of God, mm. uh, but rather to our own glory. Mm, so true. I'm just talking about Christians here too, by the way. I'm, I'm not even... <laughs> right. I'm, I'm talking about us. <laughs> yeah. Being popular isn't sinful in itself. Um, you need to examine your own heart regardless of your popularity, so to speak, and uh, determine whether or not you are seeking your own glory or truly seeking the glory of God. Um, remember my admittedly made-up but highly likely statistic. <laughs> um, be extremely careful to, not to deceive yourself here because you will try to deceive yourself. Yeah. Mm. Um, and just going along with that, it's definitely important to remember the seeking popularity as mm-hmm. the sin. Um, I think there are some ladies, at least in our church body, who are popular, but it's because of their character and their mm. personality, and people just gravitate towards them. Um, and some girls are just, you know, they're easy to do that too, but um, from an outside perspective, that's not, you know, a sin to admire them in that way. Um, but our intentions, they matter. So, um even if you are someone who people gravitate towards or they mm. want to be your friend um, and you're popular, still check check your heart and, mm-hmm. you know, pray that God will give you assurance that, you know, you're not sitting in that way, mm. that you can fight it. What to do if I am not popular? And conversely, what if I am popular? What are some principles that a girl should live by? Oh, the principles are the same, regardless of popularity. Um, are you obeying God? Are you loving others and thinking of them as more important than yourself? Um, I recommend going and reading Philippians 2, maybe even memorizing it. It's a mm. great passage uh, yes. to help with this. I love the whole book. Just mm-hmm. memorize the whole book. Yeah. At least read it. <laughs> At least read it. Start there. That would be a great book to start reading yeah. if you have not been reading your Bible. I also think, um, yes, someone can use whatever God has given them to serve him. So if you're blessed that you are liked by others— then use it for God's glory. And I think Rebecca referenced that. Treat people fairly, be kind to all people, be honest, right? Um, Reach out to the girls who, or the people in your circle who don't have people who talk to them and talk to them. Like this is how you use your popularity, so to speak, for good. And then um, if you're not popular, serve where you are. Like that's okay too. If you play a sport, 
honor God, right? All these things at your lunch table, a study hall, on the bus, at your homeschool co-op, in your youth group. Yeah. Colossians 3.23 it, okay? And that means whatever you do, do it as if you're serving for the Lord and not men. Hmm. And I think that's the key part in popularity that we can easily lose. Um, so that's the that's the, the grandma in me coming out. I got to like <laughs> yeah. speak all these things, right? All right. We cannot end this episode without talking about one more relationship. Boys. Dun, 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 right? <laughs> um, is it okay... If I am not dating someone in high school or college, it seems like everyone, I put that in all caps on my notes, everyone <laughs> else is dating. And that's what it always feels like if you're not dating, right? So what do you think? Um, yeah, 100%. You don't have to date in high school. Um, a couple podcasts ago, Jules Bartlett was on and she said that God is not fulfilling without purpose. So if we believe that our God is a sovereign, loving, merciful God, um, we will know he works all things together for our good. And we can praise God for that. If God wants us to be dating right now, he will have that plan. If God wants us to be single for the rest of our life, he has that plan. But it's going to be the best plan for us. Hmm. Psalms 33, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Okay, not that we're saying... That wicked, the dating is wicked. Yeah, but be patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Lord calls us to be patient. Um, in Proverbs three five through six, it says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lead on your own understandings, and in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your path." Isaiah twenty six three says, "Keep keep Him in perfect." Th- says, "You keep Him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on You, because He trusts in You." It's definitely hard to realize, as I know I have struggled with discontentment about relationships in the past, but I've come to realize that God is sovereign and that I should just trust in Him because He has the best plan, especially through the promises that He has guaranteed through our lives. Um, I, he knows everything. He knows how many hairs are on our heads or what college I'll go to. I don't have to worry about it. He knows if I'm going to get married, if I will be single, and He will have the best plan for me. What should I do if I want to be in a relationship with a boy? We need to believe that God has ordained my life and has called me to where I am, and there's no reason for regret, insecurities, or unbelief. Hmm. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah. Um, as someone who has had a majority of her friends start dating, get engaged, um, and then get married in the past about three years, this question um, is something that I've definitely pondered. Um, God, why, you know, I know everything works according to your plan, but why am I not even in a relationship while my friends are walking down the aisle? Hmm. Um, I'm so serious when I say that I've asked that exact question. Um, and it's not even exposing. I know that other ladies have thought that as well. Yeah. Um, I can confidently say that it's a-okay to not be dating anyone in high school as well as college. In high school, I definitely had a crush or two, but that's the reality, um, for girls. And the reality is that I actually, I never was ready to date. Mm. Um, my intentions were not always in the right place. I knew I would have had to awaken love before it was ready. And the Bible says not to do that. Right. Um, with that being said, I'm now in college. And I think my thoughts of dating have changed a little bit. I'm not as, I don't know, <laughs> you could say stingy. Um, <laughs> but when I think of dating, my attentions are different. Before, I always told myself I needed to be really good friends with the guy before I started a, re- a relationship with them. 
But now I think that dating is a perfect way to get to know a guy. Mm. Um, if you're interested in a guy, maybe go on a date or two. It's important to not try to imagine your entire life with them um, as soon mm. as he asks you out. In 30 seconds, you've exactly. got it planned out. <laughs> um, God has the plan for you, not not yourself. Um, this will only make you second guess yourself and it'll take away the fun of it. Um, mm-hmm. Have fun when you're dating. Go to a movie, go get coffee. I, I know that I say get coffee a lot. I think you guys <laughs> can tell that I like coffee. <laughs> um, but go for a walk. Let him take you out to dinner. Have nice conversation. Um, while I believe that this advice might be for a little bit of the older crowd, maybe not you know a freshman in high school, um, I do encourage you young ladies to ask your parents for guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, they always will have something to add. They always will you know, see through people a little bit differently if we're talking about dating someone in the church. Mm. Um, if you are unsure if you're even allowed to be dating, make sure to check in with them. Mm. Um, I promise that they know better in this situation. And please, please do not base a relationship on texting. <laughs> mm. Oh, man, I have been there and done that, and that does mm-hmm. not work out. No. Um, it yeah. will not benefit you. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I think it's really important, you know, all that you guys have said, but I think one thing that I heard advice from an older woman who is a little older than me, when my kids started the dating, wor- jumping in the world, and she said, mm-hmm. they always encourage their daughters if someone asks them to go out on a date. Mm-hmm. You just never know. Yeah. But... Not that, and I like that you said, let's not, you know, jump 40 years into the advance and think, oh, what are we going to do in our retirement together? What trips will we go on? You know, we can't jump ahead that far. Right. But like, it's okay to go out. And sometimes if someone asks you out, going out with them helps you to say yes or no right away. Exactly. Like, no, I'm not interested. Or, you know what? This guy surprised me. He's exactly. actually really cool. Yeah. So that's a good piece of, of information. Yeah. Um, okay. Since we're talking about boys, what about flirting? Is flirting okay? Um. And is dating okay, actually? Well, on the topic of dating, I have um, I have a follow-up question for those of you who are still living at home. And Rylan already kind of talked about <laughs> this a bit, but what do your what do your parents have to say about this? Hmm. And if you don't know the answer, you need to go talk to them and honor them in their decision for you. Um, remember earlier what we said about mm. honor. If you're in college and maybe even you've moved moved out like Rylan, um, this is still a helpful conversation to have with your parents. It's remember your parents are wiser than you. They they know more than you. Um, use them. They are a helpful resource mm-hmm. that God has given you. And especially in situations like this, these are difficult things. These are difficult yeah. things. Um, Know that dating and even flirting is not necessarily simple for a girl um, unless you are living at home and your parents have told you not to. Mm. Um, that's an obvious no. <laughs> right. That actually is sin then. Yeah. There are, however, other considerations here um, in particular. I want to warn against boy craziness. I'll give some examples, but know that this list is not all-inclusive. <laughs> if you find yourself flirting with multiple boys, gravitating towards those who aren't Christians or those who tempt you to sin, or if you even frequently change who you like, then you are boy crazy. This is idolatry, which is sin. Hmm. This is something that you need to deal with. Hmm. And you should not be dating if you are dealing with boy craziness. Yeah. And I think a good thing to do is to ask if you are wondering, ask your friends, ask a older person, do you think I'm boy crazy? You know, I think um, 
even the the girls, the young girls who might say that they're not, you know, <laughs> people will see through that. Yeah. Um, it's not that easy to like hide that, Mm-mm. you know, even if you think that you're someone who is just so above it, you're not like, you know, yeah, yeah, that's a good point to add. Yeah. Excellent. All right. So, um, what are some sins a girl might fall into regarding boys? Probably none, right? <laughs> none. <laughs> Zilch. Yeah. That's completely sarcastic right topic. there. <laughs> yeah. No. So what do you guys think? Rebecca, I feel like you have some great wisdom because you are through much of the dating. Well, you are through the dating because you're married, so <laughs> you better be. So tell us a little bit about this. One of the biggest issues I see with girls in romantic relationships is a an overall thwarted view of what these relationships should involve and what the roles of men and women are in relationships. So it's important to understand what those roles actually are. Um, and this is perhaps a topic suited for its own podcast episode. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about premarital sex, and I will do my best to present this in a concise manner, something I'm obviously not very good at. For those of you who know my dad, um, I am my father's daughter. (laughs) So oftentimes when we think of sin in romantic relationships, we think um, immediately of sex outside of marriage. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so. Um, God's word is very clear on the sinfulness of sexual immorality. I think we all agree that premarital sex is bad. Mm -hmm. But I want girls in particular to understand the dangers surrounding it and that it is something to be on guard against, even if you aren't currently dating anyone. Mm. Okay. Um, First off, uh, sexual immorality itself can actually damage your psychological understanding Mm. of intimacy in marriage, um, which is actually Uh, which I want us to remember, is actually a good thing that God has given us. Um, It can introduce burdens, um, sex before marriage or or sexual immorality, um, that you will have to carry for the rest of your life. And it will affect a future relationship with your husband. Do not believe the lies of the world that you need to experience sex in order to get better at it or to figure out what your preferences are before you get married. Do not be deceived. Mm. Yep. God is not Amen. mocked for whatever a man sows. This he will also reap. That's Galatians 6. Be warned, you cannot go against the will of God and expect everything to go well for you. Mm. That is so true. <clears throat> Secondly, I want to warn against the snowball effect of physical intimacy, which is something that I personally have experienced. Um, this is why I'm warning you about it. We all know... What happens to a snowball when it rolls down a hill gets bigger and bigger until it becomes something that you can no longer ignore. And Mm. and sometimes the results can be catastrophic. Maybe the snowball rolls into a hill and it breaks into a, you know, million tiny pieces. Um, Romantic physical intimacy is the same way. Um, Sitting a little bit closer on the couch can easily lead to seemingly innocent snuggling, which can lead to kissing, which can lead to touching and so on. You need to understand that the purpose at its core of romantic physical intimacy is to lead to sex. I'm not telling you you're not allowed to hold hands while you walk or that you can't even sit next to each other. But you do need to be on guard and above all, do not ever think you are above sexual sin. Mm. Nobody is. Even if you're not dating, you're not above it. If a boy ever pressures pressures you to do anything that convicts you, obviously tell him no. And if he persists, then break off the relationship. 
I know I've said this a lot, but if you have any questions or concern, p- concerns, please talk to your parents about it. Mm-hmm. Or your youth leaders, if you are feeling confused about it, or they would be great help. Absolutely. Parents Absolutely. are first, youth leaders are second. Mm-hmm. And finally, um, and this is perhaps the most important part of what I have to say on this topic, there may be some of you listening who have committed sexual sins. Um, I mentioned that there are burdens you'll have to carry, and you may very well be feeling the weight of those burdens now. But there is hope in Christ, and nothing can take that away from you. 1 Corinthians 6 offers encouragement for those who are in Christ and perhaps are feeling the weight of past sin. I'll read it for you now. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor the covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this is the important part. Such were some of you, Mm. but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Mm. Mm. That's great. Amen. Yeah, that's great. Um, Well, I think that this is a great question, Julie, and I'm pretty sure there could be an entire podcast on the question Mm-hmm. Um, it is pretty serious though. And Rebecca has already hit on some great points. Um, Romans three twenty three states that we are all sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God. Um, and to fall short of the glory of God is to fall short of everything holy. If anything, or any, sorry, if any of you girls believe that you are not someone who struggles with sexual sin, discontentment, or idolatry, please take, take a step back and ask the Lord to soften your heart in the matter. Mm. Um, the truth is that sexual sin is a sin and it's not something that we should not talk about. Um, none of us are above it and that can be helpful to think about if you are struggling with it. Go to your parents, go to someone that you trust like a youth leader. Um, now let's focus on the desiring part of this question. Uh, when I look back on my childhood, I remember the excitement whenever I would get to watch a movie with even the slightest level of romance. Um, it could have been a family movie with themes of triumph, danger, and adventure, um, and I would be attentively waiting for some kind of love interest to enter the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so do most girls, by yes, the way. Yes. I, I, you know, I kind of thought I was you know, the You're only not alone. one. <laughs> yeah, no. But after watching a movie, I'd lay in bed and imagine what it would be like to play one of those roles and to Mm. be a girl, not to play the role, but to be in that kind of story Mm -hmm. Um, and to have the actual plot line, you know, be something that I was a part of. But analyzing this kind of behavior in college classes has actually shown me that it's a natural response for every girl. Hmm. Um, While young boys are actually more excited and enticed by adventurous and dangerous themes, a girl's imagination is fueled by romantic and girl-boy relationship themes. Anyway, the reason I bring this up is because of its effect on my life. Unrealistic expectations are a thing, and years of digesting media and content with romantic overtones have actually had a negative effect on my life. Um, Please understand that I'm not saying that it's wrong to enjoy a good chick flick. You know, I will still sit down with my girls and watch a, you know, what's a good movie? I don't know. Princess yeah, Diaries. Anything, oh, that's what fun. a great one. <laughs> and many of them are fun. And so don't, you know, don't take away from the fun of it, but just remember that there is a level of um you know, you'll feel 
when you're going a little bit too far with your mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. your de- desire. Um, and like what I was saying earlier about lust can actually play into this as well. But please understand that I'm not saying that. I'm saying that with our expectations for relationships, um, it can be tainting by unrealistic and exaggerated truths in the stories that we consume. Hmm. Um, the older I get, the more I desire to be in a godly relationship with a man and to get married and to grow a family with the love of my life. <laughs> Praise God for this desire, though. Um, and as it is a precious gift to become a mother and a wife. Um, but for right now, I'm a college student and I'm not currently, you know, in any marriage arrangements. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> not engaged, not even seriously dating anyone. Um, so what is right and what is wrong when it comes to desiring a relationship? Well, it is absolutely wrong to obsess with the notion of a romantic relationship if you are not even, you know, in one. Um, and it's not a part of God's timing for you. Be attentive to his word and what it says about love. Um, I know that, you know, you might hear it a lot, but many Christian women will say that, um, focus on, you know, growing in the Lord and then everything else will fall into place. But that is actually true. <laughs> and, you know, I, I listen to the stories of, you know, my friends who have gotten engaged. And they do say that. They say that um, when they were focusing on the word and focusing on their relationship with the Lord, the men were brought into their lives. Mm-hmm. Whether they have known each other their whole lives or they just met somewhere. But, yeah, it's great to hear mm-hmm. those stories. Um as I've mentioned before, a good amount of my friends are either in serious relationships, engaged, or married. And I do want to preface that, you know, rejoice with them. Mm-hmm. If you're single, do not, you know, wallow in this self-pity that you're not in a relationship. Mm-hmm. God's timing is everything. And um, it's also so fun to just go to their little bachelorette parties. And, you know, your daughter, Rachel, is actually someone that I've <laughs> enjoyed to um, talk to about, like, marriage and just what it means. Um and yeah, it's so fun. I don't know. At different stages. Yes, different, oh. d- definitely different, but worship um, and rejoice mm-hmm. with what God has given your friends. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Let me just say that as a woman who's been married 26 years now, those movies are not real. Oh, amen. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely love my husband, and I am very thankful for 26 years t- together, but they do not put in the movies the real part of marriage, right? (laughs) They don't put the time that your car breaks down on the side of the road and your husband has to come from work Mm -hmm. and fix it or fix your flat tire or you have to call the tow truck person and your groceries are going bad in the backseat. Like, this is real life, okay? Um, They don't put that in in real movies unless, you know, you're in a small town and there's the guy, you know, has a bakery or something. You know, that seems (laughs) to be the theme in all those those movies. But, um, they, you know, it doesn't... Those movies don't have the times that you're tired and you're worn out or the busyness of marriage and life or you run out of the extra money for groceries and you have to pay that you have to pay bills for or your two-year-old throws up on your way out the door. Like that's the real <laughs> part of marriage where your husband is on his on the floor yes. helping you clean up puke. Yeah. That's actually real parts of marriage. Yeah. Um uh and I think that um don't forget that those movies and novels that have the romantic plot line or even country songs or pop songs <laughs> mm-hmm. are intended to focus on the fact that it's a romantic plot line, right? Mm-hmm. They want, that's why it's called a romance. And the problem with these is we forget as we're watching them that they're not real. And the mother, grandmother, and me said, I want to encourage you to watch and look at the couples in your real life. Yes. To examine their marriages. That's who you should be looking for. So look 
at your youth leaders and ask them questions about marriage. Yes. Um, look to your, mar- your parents. Ask them. Look to your pastor and his wife. That's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where you will learn the most about what real marriage is and about real romance. Mm-hmm. And it isn't finding a guy in a small town, you know, in fall where he's selling bakery goods, right? <laughs> that's such cute you know, movies. They're cute, but that's not real life. Yeah. And ask them those people questions and don't be afraid to ask your parents about their romance. You yeah. might be surprised. I mean, there might be, it might be a, a movie in itself. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And actually, might I add, it, it can get exhausting to, you know, just dive into all of that and to dive into all of that media pertaining mm. to romantic right. relationships. And um, most of it is actually deceiving, like you're saying. And then nowadays, you know, you get into like um, many plots where like there's gay relationships yeah. and there's just, you know, there's cheating and there's, it's like glorifying the wrong yeah. things. And, and the movie wants you to cheer for that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Notice how every plot line that includes a divorce, one of the, uh, yes, one of the couple, um, you know, either the man or the woman yeah. is like a terrible person or yes. something. So somehow it's exactly. made to be it's okay. okay. And, yeah. Exactly. It's like, oh but yeah, it's like not okay. it wasn't a good relationship anyway, but yeah, yeah it, it takes away from what the Bible does say about marriage and godly relationships. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. That's my little, <laughs> my little, my what, my eighth time I've butted in on Your this conversation. But <laughs> my soapbox. Um, okay. Is there one right person out there for me? I'm really glad we're asking this question. <laughs> because here's what I'm going to tell you. When I was a high schooler, um, my youth group, that was kind of like what was taught. Mm-hmm. And I think it carries even today. So that's been over 26 years ago. This yeah. idea that there's this one person. And if you, I remember thinking, what if I'm not in the right place when I'm supposed to meet that person? <laughs> Literally thinking that. So Rebecca, tell us what you think. Well, um, yes and no. <laughs> God is sovereign. He has a plan for us that can't be thwarted. Um, However, the idea of a soulmate, which all of us girls really grew up on, I mean, Disney movies, whatnot. Yeah, romances. That's not biblical at all. It's absolutely important to carefully consider whether or not a man would be a good husband before entering into marriage with him. That's obvious. But... Lately, I see more and more girls who don't give any guys a chance, mm. actually, mm. because um, they think nobody's good enough for them. And this mm. this goes for high school and college students. Yep. Um, a lot of girls are frustrated when a guy asks them out that they don't like. They, they aren't even going to give him a chance. Um, give him a chance. Mm-hmm. Just give him one chance. Yeah. Just one um, date. You don't even know. You don't even know. Um, this... At, at its core is pride. Well, you should definitely, like I said, you should choose a godly husband. You you need to understand that he will not be perfect and he will still be a sinner, hmm. same as you. Right. Um, so don't expect to you, wait. Don't wait around for this perfect man because right. you're not. You're just going to end up a uh, lonely old woman, mm-hmm. <laughs> really. Um, so I, I want to also briefly talk about what good a good marriage actually looks like because that's important too. And this is, as usual, this is something that you should um, at, be asking people about, asking people who are in good marriages about. Um, so a good marriage can even take place between two unbelievers. We, we need to understand mm-hmm. that as well. 
so this consists of a man and a woman who both have the attitude of being permanently on the same team while honoring the different roles God gave men and women. So even, mm. if, even if these two people do not follow God, um, they can still honor those roles that mm-hmm. God gave men and women without realizing. Yeah, sure. Um, in such a marriage, both the man and the woman um, acknowledge their own flaws and they don't hold on to the sins of the other in bitterness. This is important for any relationship. Overall, there's a personal goal of this sacrificial love towards the other person. That should mm. sound familiar to us, mm-hmm. Christ and the church. If both the man and the woman seek to honor and obey God in all of this as well, then this would even become a great marriage. Um, notice that my definition doesn't include a romantic spark, so mm. to speak. <laughs> um, if you're desiring marriage, it's as we've said, it's a good idea to talk to a woman you trust who's in a godly marriage. If you have any questions, mm. um, this could be your mom. It could be an older woman at your church, maybe your pastor's wife or uh, a youth leader or, or someone similar. Mm-hmm. That's really good. And I wanted to say that before we move on to the last little bit of this particular episode, we just really don't have enough time to talk about. <laughs> I mean, there's so much to talk about under dating. Oh, I know. And it's a little bit crazy. Um, but we did do a dating episode. It was called Nine Dating Fallacies, and we had three women on, and it was episode 143. So if you want to go back to our archives, you can find that there. Um, and then that way, it, it just has some really good answers on that particular yeah. episode. I loved um, it. You loved it. You listened oh, to I it. I loved it. Yeah. Okay. And it's, again, with all these episodes, I think we've we've said this before, but we do not cover everything no. and every individual situation and scenario. So reach out to wise people in your real life, yeah. right? Um, okay, my final question for you is, I want each of you to give me one or two final pieces of advice on a girl's relationships. Like, what would you say to them today if you had a girl sitting here at the table who needed advice, what would be the one piece? Uh, Becca, why don't you start us off? My advice would to be including others and to not waste your thoughts on boys or imagine or daydream about them. I challenge you to know God's truth and to set your mind on things above um, and to be joyful and to praise God and to thank Him. Hmm, good. Uh, how about you, Rylan? What you got? Um, I would say to seek Christian community above all. Um, ask an older woman for wisdom. Um, develop relationships that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Meditate on His Word day and night. And from you know from the catechisms, glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Mm. You know, focus on that, enjoying Him, mm. and also just for you know the fellow the fellow college students. You know, like what we've been saying about the dating. You know, just go on a date. You know, mm. don't just try it. Mm-hmm. If you don't like him, say no. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good good advice. Yeah, Rebecca, what about you? The only way to know the right way to approach all these different relationships is by knowing God's word. If you aren't actively reading the Bible, then you're not going to know how to properly love others in difficult situations. Read both the Old Testament and the New Testament and read daily. Yeah, those are really good pieces of advice because um, I think we covered a lot in this particular episode and you kind of touched on all the things in little pieces, Yeah, in little pieces of advice. So, Rylan, would you pray for us today? Yeah, of course. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for um, everything that you've given us today. Thank you for waking us all up to record this podcast. Um, I just want to thank you for the ladies in the room and that, um, you know, thank you for the wisdom that has been poured out. Um, I thank you for Julian running this podcast and 
um, I just pray that all of the ladies listening will um, apply to their lives and to um, take the word of God and to apply it. Um, I pray that you will um, be with them as they seek this intentionality, especially with their relationships with their siblings, with their parents, with boys. Um, I pray for each and every listener and that um, they will, that you will be with them. Um, I pray for everyone in this room and that our relationships with God will also strengthen through this talk in the podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And it's time for this episode's Tiny Tidbit. A tiny tidbit is just a small, tiny piece of information that can help you in a really big way. And today's Tiny Tidbit is from Jess Sakai. Jess, welcome today. Thanks. I'm excited you're here, and I'm excited for your tidbit. I'm excited to be here. All right. What do you got for us? Um, So I was thinking about how recently I've been intentional to get to know different families, uh, whether it's through babysitting or just having them over for dinner. I've been intentional to get to know them, um, and then they've kind of been intentional to get to know me too. Nice. And it has been such a big blessing because as a single person, it can get kind of lonely sometimes Mm -hmm. or just, you know, like there's, there's free time that I have. And so pouring into families has been a really helpful thing. And so whether you're, you know, married and you have a family or whether you're single, I think it's just been super helpful to get to know right. the other group of people. Right. All around, it's good yeah. for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I've had um, a few young young people that, I, I feel old when I say that, but who invest in my kids, yeah. you know, as they've grown up and they've been great, great blessings. Yeah. You well, know? and like I have been so blessed by the families like caring mm-hmm. for me. Like Sunday morning worship is just like, so much more joyful with the families that I'm worshiping with. Yes, because you know them. They and know you. Yeah, there's like, it's a being a part of God's family in a really unique way yeah. that, you know, I That's didn't great. have a year ago. It's so sweet. Yeah. And it does take intentionality. Yes. Or purpose. Yeah. <clears throat> which I, both mean the same thing. But. I think people sometimes get a little nervous to like, oh, the other person doesn't actually want to spend time with us. But yeah, I've not found that to be true. I right. Think. Yeah. Yeah. It's good all around. Yeah. Thanks, Jess. listening. Join us next week as we continue this conversation with these three guests. We're going to be talking next week on what's a girl to do. And we're going to focus on the stuff she does, the stuff you do every day as a young lady and how that looks and how we can glorify God even in that. So join us for that next week. Also, don't forget to follow or like us on Instagram or Facebook. You can find us at Women of the Word CTW. There is great content there. Um, We have some blog posts we put out every week. Um, We're getting ready and geared up for our women's conference, um, which is coming up in March. So you'll be seeing some content from there. We always post information about the podcast. So be sure you follow or like that. Also, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast directories, like, you know, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, you know, anywhere you, you, you listen to podcasts. We're even on Spotify, actually, which is really cool. I hope you go and listen and subscribe. And if you ever want to reach out to me, you can do so with our email, which is unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And I check that now and then. And so I hope that you send me emails because I'd love to know what you want to have on the podcast or where a episode has been helpful to you. Remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.